everybody welcome back to the three technique college football podcast at the intersection of the x's and o's and the jimmies and the joes i'm mitch mason joined by a very special guest bobby wilson from the tnt college football podcast bobby it's a real thrill and a treat to get you on tonight and uh, really excited to talk to yukon huskies for the first time in depth on this podcast absolutely really looking forward to it mitch thank you for having me and yukon is something i've become very passionate about so i'm looking forward to talking about it well, I'm excited to hear your story, man, and uh, get to to talk more about the Huskies this year. You know, it's been an interesting journey, really, since the 2000 and what was it, 10 Fiesta Bowl. Um, hadn't had a winning season um, since then, and you know, it seems like they're really knocking on the door of, of finally getting through there. We're gonna talk UConn Huskies, but I also want to talk the preview uh, series over on Twitter that you're doing. And I'd love for you just to kind of introduce yourself to folks who may not know about your podcast, what you are, um, uh, you know, and, and uh, what you cover. Obviously, UConn is a big part of it, but you have a lot of really good college football content as a whole. So for those who may not have seen you on Twitter, uh, what can they expect from you? Well, thank you so much for uh, appreciating what I put out there. I, 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 I try and focus on things at a national scale. Uh, you mentioned the breakdown series that I do. This is year three in breaking down every team at the FBS level. So I tend to do two, sometimes three a day, uh, just putting them out on Twitter. I go position by position. So it's a pretty lengthy uh, process that goes into it. A lot of work on my end and a lot of research, but it's a lot of fun and I love doing it and I try to be as thorough as I possibly can be. And, and I think that shows to a lot of people and they appreciate that. And then just for me personally, I, I, I'm actually a uh, former women's college basketball coach. Uh, when COVID hit, I uh, decided to stop coaching and uh, I had, I've always had this dream to kind of talk about college football for a living. And when COVID hit, it was kind of one of those things like, okay, let's start a podcast and see where it goes. And it's uh, turned into something pretty amazing that I, I, I'm thrilled of what it's become. And I really can't wait to see what it turns into in the future. No kidding. Uh, you do impressive work. Uh, tell me what's, what's kind of been your favorite part of whether it's covering college football or starting a podcast that, that you get to enjoy um, kind of every season that, that we fire things up. Well, I originally started uh, everything with, uh, I have a bucket list goal to attend a home game at every FBS stadium. So I, I, I tend to attend a handful of games every year. Uh, obviously that bucket list item is going to take a long time. 133 teams isn't just going to happen in a few years, but uh, it's, that whole process of just attending games, meeting new fans, meeting new people, it, it, it's the best part of what I get to do every uh, 
every day when it comes to this is just meeting uh, so many passionate fans and there's so many great ones. I mean, it, yes, on Twitter, we run into trolls pretty frequently, but it, it that's part of it. You just roll with it. And, but there's so many great people that I've been able to meet and get to know through uh, social media and through this podcast that it, it, they've become close friends of mine. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, with, without a doubt, that's uh, one of the best parts of podcasting and covering a sport is the the people that you get to meet and interact with. Um, I you know, agree 100% on the trolls. I actually tweeted something today that uh, was, you know, it was just a civil Twitter interaction that I had. And I was like, you know what, this is so rare. I'm going to tweet about it. Um, and I, you know, I kind of <laughs> wish I kind of wish that that was more of a commonplace, but it is what it is. Uh, Robbie, right. let me ask you this with, with that national breakdown that you're doing, you know, a lot of folks are expecting, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs to at least be a favorite to three Pete, the regular season schedule does nothing to really dispel that. Um, but before we jump into UConn mm-hmm. from that national breakdown that you're doing, who are you seeing as kind of those major factors for, the playoff at the end of the year. And I don't know if you have a national championship pick this early. We're recording this at, you know, kind of the middle of July, but if you do, uh, who you have cutting down the proverbial nets? Well, I, I haven't done a thorough breakdown on the sec teams yet, but, but I will say, I mean, I think we all are understand that Georgia, LSU, Alabama, the, the, those players and the whole thing um, with the, with the teams that I have done thus far, I, I've been very, very impressed by Michigan and Penn state honestly is very, very impressive as well. And I, I'm going to be releasing my breakdown for the Texas Longhorns actually after we're done recording this. And oh, cool. I think there's a possibility for them to do something. Uh, I, I don't want to say special because they have to prove it first. I think we're all, just kind of waiting for them to do that. But the pieces are there. Let's just say that. And and then I think Clemson and Florida state are obviously going to play a part in this as well. I, I understand Ohio state is usually there. I'm not as high on them this year as in the past, but you have to put them in there in the conversation just because of they've been there and done that. Mm-hmm. If you, if you told me to pick somebody, pick a college football playoff right now i would probably go with well for the national championship game i'd probably go with michigan and georgia and i know that's going to be kind of boring for a lot of people to hear that but i am really really high on the michigan wolverines i think that they're just going to be a fantastic team this year and then georgia is you have to give them the respect that they deserve until they're knocked off but with that being said i could see LSU rising to the occasion this year or Alabama, Tennessee, maybe a dark horse in that, in that race in the sec East. But that's, if you, if, if I had to say right now, that's what I would be looking at, but don't count out Penn state though, because they host Michigan yep. and they're going to be really, really good. And I, it would not blow my mind at all if Penn state was there in the end. Well, and, you know, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. I mean, if you're following us on Twitter, you already know how I feel about it. But uh, Mm -hmm. Penn State will be my pick to win 
the Big Ten this year, it really feels like if they're going to do it under James Franklin, this is the year. Not because the rest of the division is weaker necessarily, but I, I think, Bobby, kind of like what you said, you're down on Ohio State a little bit. I am too. Um, I think the defense should be pretty good, but you have you know a quarterback room that has yet to really distinguish itself. Everyone's anointing Kyle McCord as the starter. He did not win that job in spring camp. So, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have a, a name starter yet from Ryan Day and the Buckeyes. Um, I understand that, that Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best player on the field um, every given Saturday, but same time, man, you got to have someone to throw him the football. Penn State has a great pass rush. I think their offense is going to take another step forward this year. Um, so I really like the Nittany Lions as well. Uh, it, it may be a little bit of a risky pick. But then again, I didn't even have Georgia in my playoff picture last year. They did not make my top four. So I, I have to redeem myself somehow. And the Nittany Lions may be my ticket to, to do that. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Bobby, as, as we kind of transition over to UConn, now I, I told you beforehand, <laughs> we were not uh, we were not immune from the blind eye that I think a lot of people turn towards UConn last season. We talked about them a little bit, but it was kind of lumped in with a lot of other programs um, in, in more of a state of the independent realm last year. You've been a great voice for UConn football, not only, you know, breaking down their, what they have on the field right now, but you cover their recruiting class and you tweeted something the other day that was uh, kind of saying, Hey, like we've got to stop with this slander that UConn is not, uh, you know, built to succeed. They, their, you know, their facilities aren't great. Like UConn is not a small program just because they're independent doesn't mean that they are, are somehow lacking in resources. So as we kind of start here with the Huskies of 2023, give me a state of the program. Like where is UConn football heading into this season recruiting wise from a facilities wise how are they building to continue competing this next season? Well, looking looking at the recruiting side of things, they've really upped up the recruiting level, and and, I, and having Jim Mora will do that. Uh, one of the best coaches in in college football, honestly, uh, just from the accolades that he has in his coaching career and what he's done. Um, just, just a tremendous, tremendous coach and their offensive coordinator, Nick Charlton is an offensive mastermind. In my opinion, he, he is a very young coach. He was the head coach at Maine 
when he was 29 or 30 years old. Uh, so him and I have that in, in common as young college head coaches. And, and we've struck up a pretty good friendship uh, through that connection. And he's a fantastic guy. And, and uh, he's one of those type of guys that, that players kind of gravitate towards just because of his energy and just, just how brilliant he is as an offensive coach but I, I, I firmly believe that just from the conversations that I've had with the coaching staff and with current players and those recruits, that, that the, let's just call it rumors of the potential move to a conference are definitely helping in the recruiting realm as well. Um, when, when you have, they recently had a, a commitment, Cole Welliver, um, who was a, four-star quarterback according to ESPN he has since dropped to a three-star which don't get me started on that but <laughs> but uh he uh he, he was a highly he's a highly ranked quarterback out of Texas and uh of course quarterbacks from Texas usually don't commit to Connecticut uh, so they're of, of course as soon as that happened everybody's just like it's happening it's happening and we can all read between the lines on what that probably means uh, but but they've also added some really, really quality uh, pieces uh, upcoming in the tw for 2023. They've done a really good job adding some really quality guys. But the 2024 class is really starting off tremendously. Multiple three-star guys already committed and more in the works. Um, and then when it comes to facilities, I I'll be quite honest. When I first started this podcast, I didn't know much about UConn football in 2021. Uh, I put out a breakdown on Connecticut and a bunch of their fans absolutely loved it. And they wanted me to do more work for UConn, which led to me becoming connected with players and coaches and all kinds of fans. And that's how I've just become a part of Husky Nation. Uh, so it, honestly, in 2021, I was one of those people on the sideline too, like, oh, UConn is kind of a joke. But now that I am a part of this, uh, when you would, if you would have asked me in 2021 about their facilities, I would have had no idea. But the facilities the UConn Huskies have are state of the art, uh, tops in college football. Their practice facility rivals any, any SEC program, and and I would even put it in the realm of NFL level. It is wow. it's that good. And what they what they've put together for for their student athletes and for the players is it's a special special thing what they've been able to do. So, and then when it comes to the support, uh, they coach Mora has obviously gotten a ton of support, but he's been able to also get support from the higher levels uh, in the state of Connecticut to kind of back things more, which, which in the state of Connecticut, since they don't have an on-campus stadium, they play at Rensselaer field in East Hartford is it's a big deal in that regard because also the basketball team playing in a sep two separate arenas, one on campus, one off campus. They they need to have that good communication with the state. And uh, Coach Mora has been able to get that backing. So with with this kind of resurgence of UConn's football profile, uh, you know, Mora going six and seven last year and really putting UConn, you know, back on, back on the map for a lot of people. We went away from the sad Husky fan meme to wait, actually there's some winning football happening up there. So take me inside 
this evolution. Like UConn was was down in the dumps a little bit uh, from a winning football perspective since 2010. As I mentioned, they haven't had a winning season since that Fiesta Bowl trip. So what? Why now? Why? Why now is UConn and and specifically Jim Moore helping pull UConn back up to a competitive level of college football? Well, they, they tagged last year as the Husky revolution. That was, that was what they were. That was the hashtag they used and really the branding that they used to just recreate that buzz around the program. And I I'm saying this as a former player and former head coach myself, that, that, that they have a, a brotherhood between the players and coaching staff uh, of something that I really haven't seen before. The, the, the camaraderie that they have uh, between everybody from Jim Mora down to the student managers and the buy-in that they have from everyone involved, it, it, it's really something special. And, and it starts, of course, from the top with Jim Mora. I mean, what, what he's been able to do to get everybody to buy into what they're doing has been absolutely amazing. But it also, they've also brought in some really, really good guys, talented players, but more importantly, better human beings that that really are what you want uh, from a student athlete. And, and it's really created that great brotherhood that they have. And, and that's that's the number one thing. Every time I talk to any of the players, it's just how, how much they actually care about each other. And they're not just they're not just saying it. They thoroughly mean it. And and, and, and I think, especially in football, there's always a separation between like the offense and defense and special teams and, and, and the like. But this team, there, there is not any separation between any, anything. And every single guy on that team is extremely excited and happy. When, when one guy does something great, it's everybody. Well, and, you know, I've, I've told this story on the pod before. I mean, that's why I was so surprised at, just how bad Texas A&M was last year, because when I covered the Aggies my senior year, uh, that was, I could say that same same thing about the culture at A&M. It felt like everybody was united in a mission, <clears throat> excuse me, that Jimbo had, had really rallied the troops. And, you know, to see all that fall apart really, like, shocked me. It wasn't just, okay, the football team is bad. It's like, oh, wow, like, that wasn't as solid as I thought it was. And so to hear that's truly what UConn is, is building this program on, I think is such a green flag for the future of it. Not only, uh, you know, Mora as a head coach, but also where, where the Husky revolution can continue to go. Um, with that as kind of the backdrop last year, six and seven, uh, UConn weathered a number of injuries uh, in, including, um, you know, to their their star quarterback um, to to start the season, he's back and and should be healthy and competing for the starting spot this year. UConn though had to run the football; they didn't pass for more than 180 yards, I believe, in any single game last season. So, as we start with kind of the offense here for the Huskies, where's the focus going to be? Is there going to be more of an improvement, uh, more of a uh, a further installation of the passing game this year, or do you see it another year of, of ground and pound? Well, 
you're exactly right that the amount of injuries they dealt with was pretty remarkable and just losing the starting quarterback uh three or four receivers then losing the top three running backs and it just is really crazy how that all transpired but yes uh Taquan Roberson is healthy and will be back competing for the quarterback position and uh Zion Turner stepped in as a true freshman and did an admirable job did as good as he really could have uh considering being a true freshman thrown into a brand new system trying to uh do just do what he could do and the coaching staff did a really really good job helping him through that process um but then they added uh, Joe Fagano uh, from FCS Maine, who had a very, very good career there and played under Coach Charlton. So there, there's definitely a, a really good competition going on for the quarterback position. But wh- whoever wins that job will be behind a fantastic offensive line. Christian Haynes is an, is an All-American, and uh, the other guys on that line are very, very, very talented. Um, but the, the running game will be – something that that will be leaned on heavily victor rosa was fantastic as a freshman um deandre houston is a really good speed burst to that group and then jalen mitchell they just added from louisville will will be really productive as well but from the receiving perspective they have a tight end uh, named justin jolie who i've become pretty close friends with he is he was a freshman all-american last year uh pff named him a first uh, freshman all-american and he he is going to be a superstar Uh, he has everything you want out of that he's big body quick athletic tight end that that nfl scouts will drool over um they lost a good amount from their wide receiver perspective to the transfer portal so that i mean that does hurt Uh, but they have some really really good freshmen like zach drowdy coming in who was the best recruit in the 2023 class who who i'm really excited to see and in spring practice he made some catches that were pretty darn impressive so i i yes they will lean heavily on the run but with the pieces that they've added uh coach charlton loves to do a two two tight end set kind of like what the la rams do Mm -hmm. he comes from that sean mcveigh type of style Uh, so the play action and the two tight end set could be really really effective for uconn this season Oh, that was actually my next question because I know they got a transfer tight end in from Michigan yep, as yep. well. Um, you talk about the freshman All-American. So, you know, th- there are pieces in place. Now, y- you mentioned a lot of receiver um, production went out the door to the transfer portal. I think none, you know, hurt more than Aaron Turner transferring over to Cincinnati. Um, you know, five foot nine speedster who, who was your leading receiver last year and was – supposed to be another building block that got them over the hump this year from that receiving standpoint who who are a a name or two to watch uh, outside of the tight ends right well cam ross has has been pretty darn good when he's been healthy uh, but he needs to stay healthy if he's healthy he's definitely the number one guy uh, they also added a uh, uh, jordan porter from new mexico who was the leading receiver for new mexico last year he's a big tall lanky receiver who can stretch the field and then kevin clarcius is another guy that they like to throw the deep ball to he's another big bodied guy who's put on some more muscle in the offseason he looks looks really really good um but of course they gotta 
getting those reps with those quarterbacks and getting getting everything in tune will be will be key. Um, but there, it, it's not as bleak as some fans may look at the wide receiver position after they lose three guys uh, to the portal. Yes, the top two, Keelan Marion and Aaron Turner, are, are huge losses. But uh, there, there's some guys in place that I think will really surprise some people. Kind of, <clears throat> at least until we find out what the new norm is, it's it's going to be the the hurdle that group of five teams have to overcome or independent in this case. You know, UConn may not be independent uh, for, for all that much longer, but still the, the kind of the B tier and C tier programs having their top talents poached. You know, I, I don't know that the NCAA is ever going to be able to fix that. I, I certainly hope that we get away from, you know, like the Mac, for instance, was rated heavily by the power oh, five. Man. We talked about, talked about Penn state earlier. I mean, you know, the big 10 especially was just able to go in region and pluck guys at will. Mm-hmm. I hope that there's some way uh, that we get away from that. It is, it is tough watching the best talent walk out the door, but at the same time, it makes that core that stays and builds a program that much sweeter. Um, so as we switch over to the defense, what's kind of the calling card for the Huskies defense in, in 2023? What do you project as their top strength? That's a talented group back there. Um, it's going to be led by Jackson Mitchell, Mr. Connecticut, as as he's called. He is uh, he's fantastic. I mean, he – he should be in the All-American discussion. He was top five in the country in tackles last year. I'm sure he'll be there again this year. And they're going to have a much better secondary this year than they than they had last year. And last year's secondary really came on towards the end of the year. And it allowed like Trey Wortham to have an opportunity to play in the US, USFL this this year. And uh, But there's, there's some really, really talented pieces back there. Uh, the safeties are both really good. Um, and the cornerback play has gotten better. And uh, the defensive line, Eric Watts is a guy to look at at defensive end. He he's a he had an amazing spring. I remember in the spring game, I felt like he was in the backfield all the time. And and UConn has a good offensive line, so I was really impressed by that. And really looking forward to seeing what he can do. But but again, it it all starts with Jackson Mitchell and his fantastic leadership. Uh, and you you talk about. Mitchell, Mr. Connecticut, uh, you know, talented, talented linebacker, not that big of a guy, but mm-hmm. he's flying around. He's making every play that he can. Um, three, four is, is what the Huskies run. If I'm not mistaken, you get a Kansas transfer as well. in Eric Gilliard, uh, how much is put on that linebacking core in the three, four for UConn? That they rely on those guys a lot. They really do, and, and I think they'll sh- they'll shift back and forth this year because I think the defensive line has improved to to a point where they can where they can have those different alignments. But but you're exactly right. Uh, Noah Noah uh, Plack is another guy to look at transferring in from Delaware from the FCS level. He played safety at Delaware, but he's going to play linebacker at UConn because he's looking into the future to seeing what he could. Uh, be at the next level. I think he's another really good player to watch, but you're right. Eric Gilliard is going to be somebody to really look at there and uh, moving forward could have a really, really good season. Hey, we appreciate the Jayhawks and the blue hens equally on this show. Um, 
Well, that's exciting, man. I, I tell you what, uh, to see a, a program like UConn building it up from the studs and who knows what where they go with conference affiliation. I mean, gosh, we've bandied that around on on our show quite a bit, um, you know, leading the discussion with where San Diego State is going to go. Is there a roaming free agent currently? But you know, with Brett Yormark's kind of national conquest and his eyes not only on football but on basketball as well, I think the Big 12 makes a lot of sense for UConn. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. Before we get get you out of here, uh, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. Talk to me about this schedule. Where do you have the Huskies ending up when the dust settles? All right. So I was one of the crazy people last year who said that they were going to win six games, and people mocked me a lot. <laughs> so I, I, I want to first off give myself a little credit there. Sure. But, but I, I – I, and I might sound crazy saying this, but I really think they're going to win eight games. I really do. I, I yeah. think that they they are an improved team. That the, I really feel like the offense is going to step up this year under whoever is the guy taking charge at quarterback. And uh, that first game against NC State, NC State in for uh, a battle. They they really are. And the rent's going to be packed, and the fans are going to be ready. And, and I'm really, really excited to see uh, how that first game goes uh, because that if, if they're able to steal that one, something special could happen. It's going to be a, a test, no doubt, for the Wolfpack. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, breaking in a new offense, breaking in a new quarterback. Um, they're, they're on the road, uh, which you mentioned. So I, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see where that breaks out now. Bobby, I got to be honest with you. I look at this schedule, even with a win over NC State, I have to squint to get them to seven wins. So you're saying they could win eight. Who Who is going to have their season spoiled by the Huskies? I, I honestly think they're going to get that win against NC State. I think they lose to Tennessee. They lose to Duke. Uh, Duke's very good. People don't yep. realize that, but that's a really good football team. Um, then – the JMU is going to be tough because they got to go there. Uh, but I, other than Tennessee I, I and Duke, I really think UConn can win every other game on their schedule. And, and and I know that might sound a little crazy, but but I, I really, really believe in what this staff and what these players are doing just from the conversations I have with these guys frequently, almost daily, and it just – when you're playing for somebody next to you more than you're playing for yourself, it, it, it means everything in sports. And, and that's what these guys are doing. And I think that's why they were able to do what they did last year. And, and honestly, they weren't happy about last year. They expected to win eight or so games last year, the players and the coaching staff did. So I, I respect that too. I, I, I really think as a coach, you should strive for greatness. And uh, that's what that's, this program's doing. I love it, man. I, I love it. So official put put in the prediction now so that we can look back a year from now. You're saying UConn goes eight and four. Is that correct? Yep. Yes, I do. Okay. All right. Lock it in. Eight and four, 2023 uh, for the UConn Huskies. Again, it would be the first winning season since the 2010 uh, season for UConn. It's a program on the rise. I'm really excited to see 
how they navigate this schedule. I'm excited to see how this team continues to build, how they continue to recruit. You mentioned the quarterback actually from my neck of the woods, from Liberty Liberty Christian in Argyle, uh, just Mm -hmm. a stone's throw away from Dallas where I am. So a lot of things going right for the UConn Huskies right now. Stock up, um, I think, up there in uh, in East Hartford. Bobby, man, I, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. This was an absolute blast. Before we let you go, let the people know where they can find you, um, you know, your podcast, your Twitter account, et cetera. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on. And uh, everyone can follow me on Twitter at TNT College Foot One. Uh, the TNT College Football podcast is on Spotify. You can you can look for it there. And I, I just, again, thank you so much for having me. I have a blast doing this. It's such a blessing to be able to do what I love to do. Man, I, I love hearing that. It's it's a it's an honor to to have you on the show. It's fun interacting with you basically on a daily basis now over on Twitter. Um, this will not be the last time that we have you on the show. I can guarantee you that. And uh, I tell you what, you've made a heck of a first impression. Eight and four for UConn. We've we've put it in pen. It's in Sharpie. I can't wait to uh, to talk UConn football with you again soon down the line, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Sure. Well, there he goes. Bobby Wilson from the TNT College Football Podcast. Again, you heard him. Head on over to Twitter. Find the TNT College Football Podcast there. His Spotify account as well. Uh, just some really great content. Whether you're a UConn fan or not, the guy knows college football, and uh, you will learn quite a bit from him. Uh, so head on over, give him a follow. Also follow us if you're new to the show, if you're watching us on YouTube, finding us for the first time. We appreciate you being here at 3TechPod on all the social media accounts, including Threads. I'm reluctantly over on Threads, uh, but we are in the middle of preview season. We just finished up the ACC We're on to the Big Ten and the Big 12 next. Uh, Until next time, everybody, so long.